that lime is intense. Mm, okay. So would you say it's comparable to the lemon one then? Actually, I think it's a little stronger, but yeah. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we've got some what-if concept art leaks, Mike. I looked at those earlier, so I'm prepared. I was actually going to say, did you see them yet? Uh, There (laughs) we go. We're actually ahead of the game here. A full live-action Gundam movie is in the works for Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got to add live action because there are other Gundam movies out there. <laughs> this is this is different. Army of the Dead, also on Netflix, got gives us a full trailer this mm-hmm. week to talk about and more. Speaking of uh, Gundam, I, I, it brings me back to when I was a kid and uh, uh, anime was popular enough to where the Gundam model kits had started making it into yep. like department stores like here in the United States. Uh, and I loved them because I love giant robots. I love the aesthetic. And I was a big Lego fan when I was a kid. I'm still a big Lego fan now. And my favorite parts were always the moving parts. I was always trying to make robots. So it just felt like this is just somebody catering directly to me. But one thing that always kind of bugged me about the model kits, especially if you're a kid that doesn't really have the means to kind of really finally finish a model, is once you get it done, it just kind of looks like an action figure that wasn't fully painted at the factory. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how the little pieces came out of the kit, like you might just have some thin plastic parts that don't hold on very, very well. So I remember once Gundam got a little bit more popular after the model kits, we got like legit action figures of the Gundams. And those actually, I love those like so much more because I was like, I don't want to really build these so much anymore. I just want to play with them. I'm a kid. So uh, my nostalgia kicked in and I went on Amazon and now my wish list just has like a bunch of like uh, um, Gundam action figures on there. And you have to read the descriptions very carefully because a lot of the a lot of the photos on Amazon are all fully finished, polished stuff. So you got to make sure it's an action figure and not a model kit. Well, so, so now I'm ready to like to pull the trigger on all these like Gundam action figures. And I'm just like, I have no place to put these right now. I don't really have like an office with like a shelf where I can display all of my wares, but uh, they're, they're just waiting for me in my wish list. Yeah. Well it's, I remember when we went to Comic-Con and uh, you know, I, I, I grew up, I had a couple Gundam wing models myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, um because uh, one of them, the Gundam Wing Zero, it could tra- you build it and then it could transform mm-hmm. between the Gundam and the airplane mode. But you know, when we went to Comic Con a couple years ago together, like there's a whole Gunpla section. Like this whole idea mm-hmm. of Gundam model building is is just taken off. But I remember the most again the piece is not holding, but the um, it, it's the stickers you add later. Uh, like you add stickers to them, some of them later, and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of fall off yeah they never look at good like you you have the idea in your head of just like if i knew how to paint a model or if i knew how to get a hold of these materials i would paint this thing and then putting this sticker on it just ruins the whole process because i'm not gonna be mm-hmm. able to get this sticker off i don't know what solvents are i'm 12 years old i can't get the residue off so you're just kind of left with almost like this blank gundam it's almost like a gundam without its makeup on <laughs> just like yeah. you're just not ready to go out into the mm-hmm. world right now or, or like <laughs> it's like a it's like got a fake mustache on because you put the stickers on and yeah. they're kind of they're not quite straight and you're like 
I can't I peel think, these off. I think some of my favorite stores inside of malls are always those kind of fly-by-night stores where they're not necessarily the the islands, right, that are in the middle of, like, the walkways. Mm-hmm. They're those, like, little booths, or I guess not booths. They're, they're like, the little stores that, like, somebody managed to, to scrape together enough rent, and they just brought in all of their crap that they really like to sell it. And um, there's this one store in a mall nearby us that it's just they sell a lot of Japanese stuff. So I walked in there once and they had all the, these Gundam action figures. And I was like, oh, this is great. But then they're all of their own like custom prices. So it's just like I don't want to spend like $60 on this thing that's like six inches tall. So mm-hmm. uh, lo and behold, uh, Jeff Bezos has got me covered over on Amazon. Yeah, you get them, get them on Amazon. Two 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 day shipping sometimes maybe maybe two weeks now who knows I'll have you're to gonna, sell, eventually. <laughs> I'll have to sell all my Dogecoin to really invest in oh, yeah. a Gundam that's well, what I'll do that's, that's what I'll that's, do with all my crypto money this is very topical Mike it's very very topical for, <laughs> well, for how I, things are going I own finally own some Dogecoin now so now I have a reason to incessantly talk about it to try to increase its value I I so, can't confirm no, he is incessantly <laughs> talking about it there's no <laughs> conflict of interest here I'm not like uh, I, I'm not like a journalist that covers like you know the financial markets so I this is just a superhero slate mm-hmm. podcast where now if you want to be a super fan you got to buy Dogecoin no I'm being so in this ships in the harbor right no 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 we, we, we yeah no we're good um, I was thinking, um, just before we get off this, uh, we, I think we've talked about the show Zoids, uh, mm-hmm. which was essentially, um, robot fighting, uh, like yeah, for competition, they had, but they, they were had animals. model kits too. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Well, cause the Liger, which was the main one, it had like, it was modular, right? Like it, the show is built around making toys. Like mm-hmm. you get the base and then you buy all the extra add on kits that mm-hmm. go on this one, like, I guess, you know, animal shaped, uh, Gundam at the end of the day. So. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about Gundam later. That's actually later in the notes, Mike. We're, we're, we're jumping the gun here. Um, I, I'm going to jump into the corner because I'm excited for a, the next HBO Max movie coming out, Mike. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know what that is? That's Mortal, Mortal Kombat. I would do the scream right now, but I don't uh-huh. feel like screaming into my microphone. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, everybody knows the, the song, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, it's not even called Mortal Kombat. It's, it's not even called the theme to, to, to Mortal Kombat. It's got, like, some other... Um, name i can't think of it here um uh techno syndrome techno syndrome is what it's called <laughs> you never think that that was the song but like something that sounds like a, that sounds like an unlockable character like yeah. somebody that would be a color variant of like sub-zero like oh it's like he's like green or something like that yeah, or that's reptile like his, or he's neon or something <laughs> yeah yeah techno syndrome he's one of, he's one of those robots remember like uh cyrex or oh um, yeah yeah yeah. they yeah. were in the they have one of those in the second mortal Kombat movie right yep. i think i remember there's like a Sector. desert there's like a desert kind of uh, a landscape when they're fighting well if I remember you're, correctly you're, you're jumping the gun here because to prep for this upcoming mortal Kombat <laughs> reboot i've gone back and started re-watching the old mortal Kombat movies mm-hmm. um my wife has never seen those so it's always fun to take her on these journeys of these i'm like when I was ten, I remember having a birthday party to celebrate the release of Mortal Kombat two, and mm-hmm. and like like watching one and two with all my friends for my birthday, and um, that first one, it's it's interesting. It it actually isn't horrible. It's just filmed really awkwardly for a fight movie. Um, if you know, like you know how most of them are like cut close now, and like there's a lot of cuts between you know shots mm-hmm. to make it seem faster. They didn't really do that back then. Uh, they just left them wide and long, and I'm like. There's a reason behind this, but I went and looked up the production. Apparently, in the production, um, Paul uh, Anderson, the guy who's known for all the uh, Resident Evil movies, right? Um, mm-hmm. That that franchise he begat us. 
um, he would have the actors practice who were actually, you know, martial arts people, um, and then, like, wear them out because they'd have to do everything in one take multiple times. So, like, they mm-hmm. would do the whole fight scene in one take. So, like, they'd be tired. So, the ones he used sometimes were, like, the like the later ones because they were, like, this is this looks great, but, like, that's not their best performance <laughs> overall. Yeah, maybe put one or two cuts in there. Like, nobody's saying uh, throw in, like, 23 cuts to get Liam Neeson over a fence. But yeah. you know, maybe a couple cuts in there. Use the best shots. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe a maybe a routine earlier in Fill, the day. Filler, <laughs> fill them, fill them with some close-ups of people swinging fists and kicks, right? Um, and and what's fun about that is again they play literally that song over and over in that movie. Like every time <laughs> they you think, knew, but, they knew they had a banger on them. <laughs> yeah, they they did. They knew what they were gonna go with. Uh, I think that that makes it. I think that makes it better. But the other thing is this movie. Um, uh, I my the fighting escalates very quickly. Um, like the first fight of this whole tournament is Liu Kang versus some other random guy on a, on the beach fighting in the sand. Right. And they're just like, Oh, we're just having a regular fight. And then, you know, um, it goes to the next one where, uh, Sonya blade has to fight Kano kills him. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing is, it's just randomly c- cuts to Johnny cage walking in a forest <laughs> being chased by, um, some sort of hell dragon chain coming out of a, scorpion's hand right so oh i remember that scene this was one of those movies i watched a lot over and over again we may have had the vhs but i wasn't really at an age where i was like really comprehending the story yeah. of mortal Kombat. i was just remembering the moments like yeah i can remember where um yeah somebody uh what, what's the scene is it johnny cage that's fighting like scorpion and sort of like the, it almost looks like it's hell or something well like yeah that? so so he starts in the forest and then they teleport to the yeah. hellscape thing that's got mm-hmm. full of scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I, then I vividly remember the scaffolding. <laughs> yes, yes, the scaffolding, and then um, Scorp or Sub Zero's like he doesn't really do anything um, about, it. and he gets killed with a, a a bucket of water thrown at him. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, forms into it to a little ice pick thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure they come back in the second movie, uh, so I'm I'm excited to to take part of that. And then I also got the I haven't watched them yet, but the 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 those short lived. They were, had two seasons, but there were those series. It was they put them on YouTube. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, the YouTube Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, yeah. So it has two seasons. I have those as well. So I'm gonna try to, to crank through those before. Um, really cramming in that lore, there. aren't you? Yeah, I I mean I love Mortal. Kombat. I've been playing the game. The games, like they're like, oh yeah, this is what happened between the first and second game. Like while I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11, I'm like they didn't they didn't have cutscenes back then. They didn't have dialogue. You just fought people <laughs> until you got to the end or got annoyed with it and turned it off. Right, like. Like, there's no way to tell what happened at the original tournament. So they've been backfilling all these older games. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing about putting a narrative around any fighting game, whether it's like Street Fighter or Tekken or Mortal Kombat. You just have to contrive a very weird scenario to kind of get people fighting to the death over and over and over again in a movie, right? Because a movie traditionally has three acts and you got to have more than just like three fights in one movie. So you have to like be like, okay, well we'll put a fight outside of a ring, like in a alleyway or something like that. Well, we'll you know, then you got to weave a story in there. And so it just doesn't always work. So I'm really curious how they're going to do this in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Cause we're in like a new era of filmmaking where, you know, if you're going to do something even like crazy, there's got to be a little bit of reasoning behind it. Right. Even like yeah. in Kong versus Godzilla, like, yeah, they had to take him to the center of the earth, but there was, there was at least a reason for it kind of. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he had to, he had to get a Stormbreaker. Uh, yeah, you had to get his axe. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the the whole idea of Mortal Kombat is you know you win, um, you save the re- like the, your realm, right? Like you know you mm-hmm. obviously wouldn't win as as the Earth people. That, I mean, that's fine. 
but I mean, uh, the the actor I, I can't think of his name who played um, Shang Tsung uh, just does a really good job with it, right? Like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I can't think of his name. I, I don't even know how um, pulled up, but they actually use him in Mortal Kombat 11 as the model for Shang Tsung again. Uh, so I'm like, that's that's how I kind of is where the game becomes the or the movie becomes the game later on. So. Um, I, I think that's really cool. So I'm excited to watch the second one. I know the second one's um, not that saying that the first Mortal Kombat didn't jump the shark, but the second one definitely jumps the shark even more, uh, and it gets wild. But um, but yeah. Also a fun fact. Uh, when after I watched it, I looked up. Uh, Cameron Diaz was originally cast as uh, Sonya Blade, but she broke her wrist while training for for the role, and oh, so they dang. they had to recast her. And I was like, oh okay, that's, we uh, that's a sad, totally but... different franchise here. Yeah, I was. I think they cast her. Without even like she was filming the mask, I think, or something like before anyone even knew who she was. She wasn't her. even an action star in Charlie's Angels yet. No, no, well before oh, that. Man. I mean, we, it, she may have she may have been skyrocketed new popularity. Uh, you know, being in Mortal Kombat, never what, may have taken that that what role. Could have been. What could have been? Yeah, we'll figure <laughs> it out later. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been I've been going down that road. I'm really excited for that. So. Um, you know, that's I'm looking forward to the new one. I apparently it's out overseas, um, in theaters, uh, in some some areas, and um, I, I've seen articles saying like, oh, here are some of like the goriest scenes from the movie, and I'm like, don't don't click them, don't click them. <laughs> Save myself for for this big, big release on HBO Max, and uh, I think at the end of the month, not this weekend, uh, but two weekends, I believe. So uh, two more weeks. Mike, people, well, uh, you know, what have you been up to? I mean, I, I don't know what this first thing is on your list here. Well, if you would have known what it was, Chris, you would have had the perfect segue because it's also on HBO Max. It's an oh. HBO Max original called Made for Love. Wait, and I th- is this the the How I Met Your Mother, the yeah. actual mother lady yep. girl? That's okay. exactly how I, I saw the describe ad. it because <laughs> I don't I don't know the actress's name. She is the mother from How I Met Your Mother, but she was also in a Hulu movie last year, 2020, like mid pandemic, called uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs with Andy uh, which, Samberg. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Um, so she has a new show called Made for Love. I believe it's based on a book, if I remember the opening credits correctly. And I think there might be a attached uh, byline that says limited series, but it definitely sets itself up for another season. So maybe the term limited series just has lost all meaning nowadays in, in, in the streaming landscape. But this is basically kind of like a dramedy of what if we take one kind of black mirror idea and stretch it across an entire series, which you would think, you know, might get a little uh, old, but I thought it was actually pretty good. It kind of evolves and gets kind of crazier and, and more interesting as the episode goes on. So I know it's hard in a landscape of streaming and all of this competition where you say, oh, just hold on for a couple of episodes. But I started enjoying it more the further I got into it. There's eight, there's eight full episodes out now. I, I believe that's the full first season on HBO Max right now. And it's about a woman who's married to kind of like an amalgamation of like you know like Steve Jobs you know all of these other kind of like tech CEO billionaires right and this guy you know he makes all of these like smartphones all of this other like super advanced technology and his new product that he wants to bring to market is like a chip that syncs two people's brains together so in order to kind of get it to market the first person that he implants it in and is and it is his wife against her will and uh things like spiral out from there uh, i was surprised to see the the father of the mother from how i met your mother i should really just learn her name to make this easier is played by ray romano which is great i love seeing him pop up and stuff i feel like i haven't seen him in a bit since uh i saw him in camille nanjiani's 
uh, movie. What was that called? Was it called Love Sick or was it Sick or Sickness? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was called, but something Kumail's, about being sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kumail's a, a kind of independent comedy. Uh, he was in that, and that was really really great. So you can find that on HBO Max. It's just eight episodes. I think they're like thirty minutes an episode, so you can knock mm-hmm. those out pretty quickly. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, th- they're pushing those ads pretty hard on there. Um, I, I stopped and looked at that the other day when we were kind of looking for something to watch. Yeah, so you could check that out. And then, uh, update, uh, the wife and I have finished season one of Smallville. This is the Smallville check-in update of the podcast. And I was thinking the other day, and uh, I'm sure that there is a comic book run out there that follows a bit of Clark Kent's life. And I believe there's also a comic... a comic book run out there that is literally called Smallville. And it's I think season it 11. Of, yeah, I think it kind of uh, it syncs up a little bit with the, with the show. But I was thinking, if there's 10 seasons of Smallville, this has to be the most thorough look slash exploration of the character of Clark Kent before he kind of officially becomes Superman. So I was starting to think, you know, whether or not, you know, you think this, anyone thinks the show is cheesy or if it's worth your time or not, like, this actually is a pretty, uh, I would say, important uh, addition to uh, Superman's lore in general. You know, obviously they do a lot of things that aren't traditionally in Superman's lore of, like, you know, Lex Luthor, like, also just, like, hanging out in Smallville, like, running, like, a chemical plant just so he is conveniently nearby for the narrative, right? But I feel like even though, I feel like by the time I get to season 10 of this show, I'll just have more of, like, an emotional connection of what Clark Kent was like before he became Superman. So I'm hoping that maybe this will kind of help me enjoy just Superman more in general. Like when I go to the next theater viewing experience of watching Superman, whether it's Henry Cavill or whoever it's going to be, because I feel like most of the time when I'm watching Superman on the big screen, he just kind of seems like this kind of boy scout without any background right it would, it would be almost like watching like a captain america movie where you never got to see when he was a uh, scrawny steve rogers you know you never got to see what he was like before so uh, it, i'm having a fun time there's some pretty intense episodes there's also some pretty cheesy episodes there was this one i believe it's in season two because the, the two seasons are starting to blend where there's this woman going around like sucking the youth out of people so she can stay alive you know a pretty standard kind of witch like story but it ends with like the most hilarious computer graphic effect where like she misses her chance to suck life out of this person so she just kind of turns to ash and bone so it's just hilarious to see her fall on the ground and then suddenly her model turns into a very very old person her eyes like glow out of the socket and then she turns the dust it's like so funny so even when like an episode is being really really cheesy you're usually greeted with 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 some sort of ridiculous cg but they have an astonishing car destruction budget, Chris, and it is not happening in a computer. It's all happening in the lens right in front of you. They're flipping a car over or exploding it like literally every episode. So I'll give them props for that because that stuff takes a lot of time to organize. You have to have a lot of safety procedures on shit on set to start blowing stuff up. So props to the Smallville team out there going hard. Even like in season one, they were flipping cars, blowing them up. So they blew up a shed one episode. So if you're missing some practical explosions, Go check out uh, Smallville over on Hulu. Working through b- beginning of uh, season two right now. We just I just finished watching a sad episode too, so now I need to go back in there and g- get my hopes back up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way and tell people you've got better time, uh, better things. To do, <laughs> so so don't watch Smallville. 
Um, pe- people Don't message me about last watch week. Clark Kent buy his class ring, and the class ring just happens to be made of red kryptonite, which removes his inhibitions. And then he goes to a bar and starts drinking alcohol, but he's just a teenager. And then he starts like throwing bar patrons around and like hitting on girls. It's so funny. It's mm-hmm. it's entertaining, but it's also funny. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's just wait till they they start stretching those ideas out. But yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember. I, it had to been like maybe mid to mid twenty maybe twenty fifteen. Or so they had the the Smallville season eleven uh, was a comic book. They didn't do a comic tie-ins beforehand, but that that one they did. So I think it's like maybe twenty twenty one issues or something like that. You can find it. So <laughs> um, they compiled them for everybody. So if you when you get done, you can go through and and watch that because uh, like the the biggest thing. I mean, I'll, I'll not tell you. I'm, I'm sure you've already already heard of how the show ends, kind of thing. I think that was. Um, actually, I I I was aware of it, but I, I have luckily have forgotten it now. Yeah, okay. So if anybody yeah, not, knows. If anybody knows exactly how it ends, do not tell me because yeah, no. I have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, the other thing I'm going to tap into uh, last year, um, Mike probably saw me talk about this a lot. The there's a Kickstarter for a game called Marvel United mm-hmm. uh, last year. It's a, a little, it's a tabletop thing. It's two to four players. Um, you get cards and you you fight villains. Um, pretty much, Mike. I, I showed Mike because the the art style is crazy and it's like a little. It's kind of chibi, but it's kind of not mm-hmm. art style. And they have like figures for all the the models, right? So, um, Marvel United came out last year. They have probably I think if you look at it, I think it says on the bottom of this current Kickstarter link here thing of you can still buy the original ones through Kickstarter because they overprinted. I think there's yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Verse, Asgard, Black Panther, Infinity Gauntlet, Sinister Six, and so on. You can buy that whole bundle in there. And then now they've got an X-Men one, like a whole Kickstarter dedicated to X-Men line. So there's the X-Men, there's um, Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and there's an X-Men First Class thing so far. But while this is in Kickstarter, the more people who back it, the more money they make, the more stuff you unlock for free, right? So um, you make your pledge. You know, after a month, depending on how much they've unlocked, you get everything included with that for free. So you could essentially maybe what what's the base? I think what sixty dollars for the the core maybe, or sixty five. Um, so you get it comes with the base of like you know six characters, uh, four villains. But then now they've unlocked three, six, nine, twelve, uh, fifteen heroes and another seven or eight villains and anti heroes. So, um, yeah, this this game is really easy. It's really fun. Uh, the art style is really cool, and I, I mean, if you're in looking, at, if you're a tabletop person, um, you know, this is uh, this is for you. I think games last between twenty to forty minutes. I, I've watched some YouTube people play when I got mine in just to make sure I was doing it right. Um, it's very co-op based, so like you put down a card, Mike, and then um, whatever icons on your card, and I play my card next. Your icons are also moves I can do. Like it's very, like very strategic in what you do throughout everything. So I just think the little figures are cool. Yeah. I'm just like scrolling through the Kickstarter right now, and I'm just like these are just like cool little models and stuff. They remind me a little bit of like the Q Fig style, which I talk about on the show yeah. once in a while. So, just having the little tiny characters are, would be so, neat. So what's cool about this? Some of these are, um, if you look at, do you, you see like the Phoenix one? I believe in the in the the Kickstarter exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also it was a Firestar. They had like the metal or like the clear effects on mm-hmm. these new ones. Now they've. They're not just the regular models you paint, um, but you can yeah the little clear effects as well. Um, they've also added this one. I think this new version of X Men has five player abilities, so one person plays as the villain rather than the villain being like a passive kind of thing that goes on. So um, yeah, I think I think for people who are looking for tabletop things, looking to do things at home more, even though you know 
the world is opening back up. Sometimes it's fun to stay at home. <laughs> this is uh, this is a, a fun little game that you can do. That. And if you don't want the, the X Men, if you want to go get the regular Marvel ones, uh, the cores in the core sets in store, but they have all the um, expansions down here you can get as well. There's just there's just so many of them, Mike. Uh, all these little figures. So just just recommend that because that, that came out. I know um super fan Jim, I believe he got the other the one with me last year. Um, so um, we uh. We just got all that all that stuff in the mail a couple weeks ago. So excited! All right, let's jump into some news, Mike. This is this is fun. I like this. You know why? Because Kevin Feige, he's out and about. Um, by <laughs> out, out and about, about, he's put, putting hats on his head. He's putting hats on his head. I've got a wall full of his hats right right behind me, all five of them. Um, but he's got a new one coming out. He was on a Zoom call, right? And um, he's wearing what appears to be uh, a potential icon logo ish for the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, thing here. So this is the seal of the Vishanti, I believe. I might have written Agamotto or the Sanctum symbol, but it's on the Sanctum's windowsill, right? We remember that mm-hmm. shot from the first movie. But it does the essentially like an animal. Um, it's not animal game. It's the 3D effect. Um, the old 3D, right? Like red to the left, blue to the right, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then you put on your glasses, emerge, it makes it 3D. So it looks like um they're maybe using that effect to showcase how the world's being like the the multiverse is dimensioning off all these variations it looks like mm-hmm. um looks pretty cool i mean what do, what do you think i know i sent it to you the other day but i was like oh i i just think it's great that uh kevin feige probably has a embroidery person on retainer and mm-hmm. they just follow him around wherever he goes and he's just like put mm-hmm. that logo on a hat for me put that logo on a hat put that logo on a mm-hmm. hat i'm gonna really mess with people when i put this hat on uh, oh, yeah. it's, pre- it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it, I think I feel like what he kind of signals when he puts these hat on is just like, this is the next thing I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. This is the thing that I'm currently uh, have my eyes focused on. These are the emails that I'm getting every day. These are like the scripts that I'm reading over. Well, it's, you know, th- these it's, are the notes that I'm polishing off. It's funny you mentioned that they're in their last week of filming Doctor Strange, too, he said when, when, mm-hmm. when he was wearing this. So they're literally about to wrap principal photography on on Doctor Strange, too, which is Great, because what it's really weird, because I think Captain Marvel 2 and Black Panther 2 are starting production soon, but, like, in the next, the, the back half of this year and all of next year, we are going to get cram full of Marvel superhero content. Uh, like, and also, it's not even just Marvel 2. I saw yeah. um, I saw a schedule floating around of just all of the films that are coming out in the next two yeah. years, and it's just, it's just jam-packed. I mean, it's literally just like you take all the movies from one calendar year, and when you have to push them to the next year, everything gets packed, so... I mean, to sound like an AMC shill or I guess any movie theater that you go to regularly, if they have like some sort of rewards program or something like that, this is probably the time to start considering signing up for it because you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck in these next two years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, hopefully uh, they will be open and you have theaters near you. You can get to go to them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot, but also it's not just, I mean, I only reason I said Marvel is because also, you know, they're, they're streaming services, right? Like, you know, we've got, you know, more of those coming as they pr- produce them. So I think, you know, film production is, is ramping up and we're going to start seeing stuff, um, you know, in theaters and the schedule is just crazy to think about. So, um, Really cool. Really excited for Doctor Strange too, and seeing how that goes. The return of Sam Raimi, if you will, to superhero yeah, movies. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I keep associating him with Spider Man movie, but I'm like he's not on Spider Man. He was on Spider Man, so mm-hmm. you got to get that right. Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, their social media channels have updated with their new, uh, new description, new new symbol, and usually that first you know action means. 
there's probably some more official news coming from these. Um, yeah, that first action means like somebody has officially put that on their plate over at yeah. like, the Disney uh, uh, marketing department. Like, oh, this is my new project. I'm starting Shang-Chi this week. So now I've got to start making a social media post and get this uh, marketing train, you know, running. Yeah. Yeah, so usually, um, you know, they got they got the logo, the description. So I think we're gonna get some official images of possibly maybe the cast soon in their mm-hmm. outfits, uh, maybe some official movie stills, and then no one said it yet. But I mean, this movie's coming out, I believe, in uh, um, August or September. So trailer, man. Uh, yeah, trailer soon. I mean- yeah, I mean, Black Widow is hitting theaters eventually. Like, you know, we have a solid date, and it's it would be weird almost going to a Marvel movie without a trailer for the next Marvel movie in front of it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got to be out by then, and even then that seems like a long time to wait. Right, yeah. I mean, I think, well, that's what would be – it would be really weird if they held it till then because I just looked at September. So July to September is only two months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like – so July, August, September, yeah, literally eight weeks of marketing for you know what could be another you know a tentpole blockbuster. I I think we're gonna get this like within I think May May would be a good time to get it maybe June at the latest. So um, I mean I'm not complaining. The earlier they want to give it to me, the better. Yeah, we got a Black Widow trailer last this month, right? March, uh, was it March or April when they announced it? Who knows? I mean, the marketing oh. uh, legacy of Black Widow is going to be totally uh, unpredictable for the future because it well, was in such a weird time. Well, it was March 29th because I put the notes or the date whenever I update the upcoming release page on, on our website, by the way, Um which would be March, uh, April, May, June, July, four months um, for the if we if we mark that as the official, we are going to be on Disney Plus and theaters July 9th because, you know, they hopefully they don't change it. But, you know, that feels like a nice, you know, flag in the soil kind of thing. So four months, that would put four months for um, May would put four months for Shang-Chi. So, yeah, I think I think this is great. I think it's a good sign. We're going to start seeing stuff soon. Um, action figures are out there with story points. We talked about it last week. So avoid those. Spider-Man No Way Home. Feels weird to say that still. Going to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, Alfred Molina out there talking about him being Doc Ock in the film. So this is like making news headlines. So, I mean, we knew... You know, I mean, this is pretty much confirmation, right? Like the Raimi and the Amazing Spider-Man universes are going to be here in the MCU. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know technically this is a uh, this is a Marvel movie uh, with you know Sony involved in some aspect, but it does make me wonder if this was just totally a hundred percent just a Feige project from start to beginning. Would there be any chance of anybody being able to keep all of this secret? Because I hope they're not trying to keep it secret in the movie, right? Because I feel like uh, at this point in time, we know all of these characters are going to be in it. So I almost don't want them to be coy in the script or on, or on the screen because it's just like I, I know we're about to see, you know, one of these uh, Raimi Spider-Man characters because it's been in the news for like the last two years. It's been unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that they they knew that going in because yeah. it would be amazing to live in a universe where all of this was a surprise, but it, it, this obviously is not happening. Well, I could I don't think they would do it on this scale, but they've been known to show us things that never came true, right? Yeah. Uh, Mar- Marvel will lie and um, lie to us or tell us they did something or film extra scenes. Um, I believe there was was the extra scenes they shot for Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, oh, if this gets out, we know who was actually leaking it because they were in specific scenes kind of thing yeah Um, but but i I think think this is gonna be i mean i know that they're gonna be in there kind of things i mean i know we haven't seen any word of 
uh, Willem Dafoe pop up. I'm sure somebody's like run with the theory at some point in time, but that could be a fun reveal, you know, like, oh, we never got uh, we never heard word of Willem Dafoe popping up as Green Goblin again. But uh, that would be kind of cool, you know, since obviously, you know, Doc Ock is dead canonically in yeah. that timeline. So if you're plucking the character from a multiverse, it's going to be at a specific point in time to bring him back. Right. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, does that mean they're going to have to de-age him or would they really have to do that? You know, considering the context he might be in, he might just be having goggles. And plus, if there's a lot of CG going on, if he's in the suit, they might just be putting his face on a character model anyway. So because if he looks if he looks older as accurate to his actor's age, you know, that means he never would have died. But I suppose you could introduce a story element where he crawled out of the ocean, which wouldn't be unbelievable. But, you know, last we we saw he was straight up dead. (laughs) <laughs> it, well, it could be another, like, again, like, it's not exactly the movie universe. Like, oh, there's a, a variant of that universe even, like, where yeah, Doc maybe. Ock didn't die. There, there's opportunities for them to display. I, I mean, I think the one thing Marvel and Disney have that um, is by far better than everyone else is de-aging technology. Um, mm-hmm. So if they're going to de-age somebody, they already got it. They're like, oh, we got that plug-in. We built it. Uh, yeah, it's so, just a plug-in now. See, see Jeff over there? Je- Jeff will take your footage and de-age anyone you want in it. Just tell them, tell them what, how, how young do you want them? Well, yeah, hell, we saw they, they take scans of every actor's whether or not they're going to use them or not. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what's her face from uh, that 70s show <laughs> yeah. that was in WandaVision? <laughs> she was, like, so excited that she got her body scanned, and they don't. I don't believe they even used it. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, we might put you in a video game later or something. We just need this body no. scan. I think I think they use it during, I think, um, one of the end scenes where like, she was, like, powering up with the crowd or whatever, like, to yeah, make the crowd they, look more full. Yeah, um, possibly. But but yeah, like you said, they they could they have they, they have high def scans of everybody. <laughs> like whether you're gonna be in here, whether you like it or not. So um, yeah, I think I think uh, it's fun. Alfredly, I think he's a great. I think again, Spider Man Two is one of my favorite um, pre MCU superhero movies. Right? Like I think it's fantastic. I think he'd be I think he'd be a great actor in that. I want to see what they do with him for sure. Hot news. This is the hottest news we had here, Mike. I added it while we were actually talking before the show. Um, before we start recording, is for Thor: Love and Thunder, we actually get to see Christian Bale with his shaved head on set. For this, he will be playing Gore the God Butcher, who is like a white, um, you know, kind of, you know, hairless alien-looking dude. So that is a fresh shaved head. Yeah, because it is much paler than the rest of his body, and they are shooting. I'm assuming outdoors in Australia. So uh, hopefully he's putting some sunscreen on that. That is going to burn. There's a dude in the background that has a SpongeBob T-shirt where it's half yeah. SpongeBob, half where you can see his skeleton. And I actually own that figure. It was a Comic Con yeah. exclusive, and I have that SpongeBob in 3D form. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the photos kind of said that you know this is on set, um, but you know um, that old lady behind him doesn't tell me it's on set unless it's. I don't think they're filming anything. Maybe it's like the parking lot for the the crew, right? Um, I don't know what's going on here, but like it, it's very much yeah yeah a very very freshly shaved. He still got like like you can see like where his face is like pink and his head's like white from not seeing any sun. But I mean I'm hey, excited to see him in the makeup. We're missing the most important detail here. Uh, I was told by a much younger generation uh, that uh, cargo shorts were canceled, and he's wearing cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. So is this Christian Bale saying that we can all start wearing cargo shorts again and we're allowed to? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe this is the most important thing to take away from this news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't put this at the top show, but you know what I watched this week on HBO Max? <laughs> the Prestige, that? actually. <laughs> is he wearing cargo shorts in The Prestige? <laughs> he was not, but I was like, oh, I'm like, why have I seen Christian Bale this week? 
It was I feel like you could do a lot. You, I feel like you could do a lot of sleight of hand if you had cargo shorts. You know, you yeah. just have those extra pockets to hide. You know, the coins, red balls. Mm-hmm. You know, pigeons. These these are very rabbits. long cargo shorts. He's not even like <laughs> these are below the knee cargo shorts, Mike. Like this is <laughs> this is what like. But I would <laughs> I would I would I wouldn't look twice. I'm like that's not Christian Bale. This is exactly wild. what happens when there there's not enough in these pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Except his bald head. We got to start talking about his flannel, mm-hmm. his uh, sunglasses, uh, the car he's getting out of. There's like a like an old Cadillac in the background who drove that to set mm-hmm. what's in that lady's purse yeah you know. this is a uh, I mean he's just wearing some regular black slip-on <laughs> shoes too like I don't know I mean he's color coordinated I'll give him that but yeah superhero slate.com check out our show notes if he, you want, gotta see these enticing photos of his yeah. bald ass head <laughs> he, he looks disappointed he looks like he's about to yell at somebody on set again uh, actually he, he was very apologetic for that afterwards he, he felt bad so but anyway, Gore the God Butcher, you've seen him, right, Mike? You've looked up the character before. Mm-hmm. Very, very slender, very very uh, hairless uh, uh, silver alien. So filling it in. This one's probably the most fun part of the show is looking at these concept arts for the What If show coming up here. Um, four of them, uh, I guess four panels, which is like, what, eight shots individually mm. leaked here. And um, I'm going to go through them. So I'm going to click the upper left one. First one is Gamora as uh, essentially Thanos. Um, yeah. taking over this, the, the the mad titans role yeah, here. Yeah, and and I think this uh picture maybe out of all of them has maybe the most to say for the story that their episode might be in. Mm-hmm. Um because is this I'm assuming it's what if Gamora I don't know. Took over Thanos's role, yeah. 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 So maybe uh she uh one of the few times that she snapped under his control and decided to fight back before she joins the Guardians actually succeeded. And then she was kind of maybe left with this empire and uh, took yeah. up the armor. So yeah, she's got the big cool. she got the big helicopter blade sword in the background, like the golden armor. Looks really cool. Yeah. Um, the one to the right is Loki. It doesn't look very different, um, unless that's not Loki in the helmet. Yeah, <laughs> is it Matt Damon possibly? Yeah, maybe it could be. I mean, it's that you know, is this is this actually you know tom hiddleston's version of loki or is this another character being loki yeah or 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 maybe this is just saying maybe this is potentially that you know loki is going to be popping up maybe in Mm. gamora's story i don't know if there's anything takeaway from that i I mean they both have those bright orange circles behind them well you know orange is a complementary color to green so maybe that's the reason why it's behind both of them yeah uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that so that's the first that's the first one i can't tell much i mean the gomorrah ones i'm like oh that's killer that's stellar Mm. the next one i think i'm actually going to say probably has more information for us than you think um this is ultron okay wearing a cape and it looks like he has a a spear from uh, wakanda like it looks like wakanda attire but he has the infinity stones in his chest I mean, I'm looking at this one for the second time, and yeah, I'm getting more out of this one now. It looks mm-hmm. like this is not so much Ultron as this is a suit of armor, and I think in the the, the first shot we see a red face. This could be Vision oh. inside of an armor based on oh. Ultron's body. Or what if it's and, uh, the Destroyer armor? Like takes is like put into Ultron's body. Maybe I don't know. I'm getting um, I'm getting uh, this anime vibe of Esclaflone, which is like another mech anime where everything's kind of based around like medieval uh, uh-huh. mecha mecha, and this kind of gives me that vibe. It looks really really cool. Like this is badass. I'd yeah. love to have this as a figure. Yeah, I, I I didn't see the Infinity Stones when I first looked, but like when you mm. look closely, you're like, oh, they're all like on his chest now. 
Um, or at least well, four of them. I think I think I'm only seeing two. I think I'm just seeing green and possibly blue. Well, there's um, blue and purple by, by, by beside each other. So it goes a uh, yellow, green, and then purple, blue. Um, uh, on the one that's, that I'm looking up here. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell if those two closer to his neck are just like being like just hits of light, yeah. or if it's he, stones. It's hard to tell. Maybe he doesn't basically have a wall. These are <laughs> these are like these are basically like cell phone pictures of yeah. a monitor. So there's not a whole lot of f- fidelity of detail here. Yeah. Um. I think the. I mean, I would make sense that he is not able to get the soul stone, um, mm-hmm. because he's a robot. Um couldn't get a soul stone but i i think also you know i think the things that i take out this looks like wakanda armor like right like what the the door melage wear like the cape yeah and the may, spear may, so yeah maybe it could be and if he's by made of vibranium who knows so um that, there's a lot i mean that I, I we don't know this is fun this what we're doing what ifs for the what ifs mike mm. that, <laughs> that's that's crazy the next one's a little lower resolution um it's the collector uh wearing his big furry coat and looks to be like maybe some robotic um supports around him He's pimped out. I don't know. Maybe this is just kind of like his intergalactic kind of jewelry yeah. that we don't get to see. This might be less of a, a what if for the collector and more of somebody else's what if story. And then the collector just happens to be I, in it. I believe I've already like the, the collector is in one of the earlier trailers. Mm-hmm. It's the same animation style as uh, if Black Panther T'Challa was Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be – he's going to be part of that one as well. Yeah, but, I could see that happening. But definitely a lot more muscular and um, badass-looking than uh, Benicio Del Toro's character in, in the movie. And lastly, we get a Hulkbuster armor here. Uh, I, yeah, at first glance, it looks like a regular Hulkbuster, but there seems to be yellow and blue mixed in with this. Um, and so who who's in, the, who's in the driver's seat? Is that Tony? Is that um, – you know, is that Bruce or is that Doctor Strange even? Yeah, like if you're going off the blur, it kind of looks like Doctor Strange, just because I feel like I'm seeing like a the hair part, bit of a goatee, and yeah, and a part. Um, but I feel like if it was Doctor Strange, maybe we would be able to identify more kind of maybe spiritual markings. But mm-hmm. I don't know. This seems to be kind of a, a hodgepodge of different armor. So I'm guessing the story is going to inform why yeah. this kind of looks like it's patched up together it, if if it was bruce banner i feel like the story might be a little less exciting of just like oh what if bruce banner decided not to be the hulk anymore and it's just like mm-hmm. well i feel like you should go a little bit bigger and more fantastical if you're doing an animated what if you know well the other thing i want to add is you know the front of his chest looks like a face like 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 an animal face and it looks like he has claws on his hands so is this like maybe like a like a maybe uh, a, a wakanda yeah. like a panther base try- suit does I it transform? Kind of see it. Is, is that Martin Freeman in the in yeah. the in the? Well, it could be. That could be Bucky. So, oh, um, yeah, maybe he'd have to part his hair a little bit. Um, yeah. but I don't know. It's it's a cool set of armor. Who, yeah. who, no matter who's uh, piloting. Yeah, it. I, I mean, the, the, this is kind of goes to prove you know we're getting these small details right. We're we're extrapolating. We want to see the show. We want to mm-hmm. know what this is doing because you know again you know one of uh, one of our favorite things here is, is theorizing about Marvel. Uh, and what what is going on here? So this is essentially, you know, early previews of that that show, and I'm I'm really excited to see that show, kind of catch up here. So, um, but the orange circles. Now you mentioned the orange circles. We have Loki, Gamora, and the Collector with the bright orange circles. Um, maybe they're all part of that Star Lord T'Challa. Um, yeah, episode. maybe. Mm-hmm. So awesome! All right, well, yeah, take a look at that in our show notes. We'll take you to Twitter. Uh, the Mandalorian. You remember that show? Yeah, back, that, back little, that little gem. 
Yeah, back back when we we were getting that. Um, apparently, the actors, including Katie Sackoff, who plays um, Bo Katan, uh, was told that the 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 surprise Jedi at the end of season two was Plo Koon when they were filming. Um, do you remember him? That I, Jedi. I, I, I don't. I remember the Jedi, but I don't remember seeing him in season two. Well, he wasn't. It was Luke Skywalker. That like that's the that's how they hid. Oh. It was Luke Skywalker, so it wouldn't leak that it was him I, at the end of it. I see what you're saying. I mean, I mean, technically, don't we see Plo Koon die in Order sixty well, six? We see his ship blow up. We, I've we've we've seen we've seen the Emperor come back, man. I mean, at this point, Star Wars. Is, yeah. Is, is, is yeah. I, I, yeah. I suppose surviving a, a ship explosion would be more realistic <laughs> because in Order sixty six, we do literally see some of them like gun down like yeah. you know there there's nothing there's no material in between them and death right. uh, so I, I could theoretically see Plo Koon still being alive yeah well Plo Koon's also Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi that's why he was like a um, he the, was he was one of my favorite too in, yeah. in the in the prequel kind of series my favorite yeah. incarnation he kind of had this cool kind of stoic kind of mindset he was almost kind of like old school Jedi in his kind of mannerisms and stuff, unshaken. Yeah. You know, he 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 was like a, a he's the one who found Ahsoka, right? I think as well. Mm-hmm. So like he was like her, not necessarily like like a mentor, like a like a like yeah, a, it was kind a, of like a Padawan yeah. situation. Yeah, a little yeah. Uh, but also, Plokin's one of my favorite Jedi. Uh, he's one of the like the three Star Wars Funkos I own. Um, because if you ever played the PlayStation One game Jedi Power Battles, he actually had an orange lightsaber before they actually determined that everyone has to have, you know, blue or green, and then mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson gets purple. And I was like, oh, that's cool. This is an orange lightsaber, dude. He's gonna be my favorite from now on, like kind of thing. So, um, I, I think I think that's a funny thing that they were, again, they they have to lie to actors to keep secrets from not spilling out <laughs> for a show. Um. You know, again, we talked about like you know the CGI for that means like it looks like they did it the day before, right? Like, hey, your projects due at eight a.m. Um, <laughs> hurry up, get this done. But like, you can't tell anybody you're working on it either, kind of thing. But um, that's funny. The actors didn't even know who it was. They just had to react mm-hmm. to somebody being there. So, moving on, the trailer, our second trailer, full trailer, whatever we're gonna call it for uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead uh, dropped this week. Um, gives a little more story. Looks like there's like. The world is kind of, it's not normal, but people are living in the world normally unafraid of the zombies. Looks like they've walled them off to specific cities, including Vegas. And their goal is to go in and um, break open a safe and bring money back from Vegas. Uh, and there's a zombie tiger in this trailer. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was, I mean, this trailer is a little bit better than the first one. I was pretty down on the first one. It didn't look very exciting. Uh, this yeah. one got me a little bit more excited but you know i I don't know i mean dave batista great you know we're we're excited for that uh there's some other actors in here that i'm excited to see but it just kind of yeah that i mean she was added after the fact so we'll see how we'll see how awkward her scenes actually are and see if how well it integrates you know uh see how well that works but i I think the second bit of news here might be a little bit more of an indication of it looks like you have prequel uh, yeah, so they've actually one? been working on this prequel. They've actually, since last fall, apparently, mm-hmm. we, and we just missed it because I'm not looking up Army of Thieves when I'm, I'm doing our <laughs> notes here. But they're filming they're filming a prequel movie uh, called Army of Thieves about like some of these people's lives before they got into this movie. 
uh, yeah, along the so, way. Yeah, so I mean, is that a is that a, a good faith project on the fact that the uh, the screenplay for the Army of Dead was like so strong that they wanted to see more of the world, or is this more of Zack Snyder just had so much you know um, just had so much mojo going with the uh, you know with uh, the Snyder cut and everything that they're like, oh, let's just get more Zack Snyder on. Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, if they, if they can't quite get the people to, to stay subscribed to HBO Max because there's no more uh, Justice League stuff being released, maybe they'll come over to the Netflix because we have his uh, zombie world that they're building. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it because I don't have to you know, drop a movie ticket, you know, mm-hmm. to, go, to go check it out. But, yeah, the zombie tiger was like, you know, cool. It was all right. It still kind of just seems a little too cheesy to me uh, and not in a good way. But I will wait to, to it, render my it's, verdict. It's going to be gratuitous. Like it, This is... Again, Zack Snyder, like I said, he's sacrificing uh, a scene for for a cool action shot, and this movie is just full of action shots. So uh, I don't think we're gonna come to love or care for for many of these mercenary characters. But like, it looks to be like there's several several shots of them standing in a circle firing at zombies running at them, and like very well outnumbered. I'm like, what's your game plan here? Like, how are you gonna get them out of these these scenarios? Um, because it just looks like you know they're, they're hopeless. I think you make a great video game. Like like a like a Left for Dead style kind of game where you're running through zombie uh, infested cities and you're just mowing them down like a bullet hell kind of game. Yeah, it it seems like uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead might be kind of required watching before you go into this. Like, I don't think it's specifically supposed to be a sequel, but I mean, if the director's already done, you know, mm-hmm. a zombie movie, well, I think you got to check it out. So I, I think I'll probably have to finally watch it to kind yeah, of get a full picture. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first Dawn of the Dead. Um, actually, uh, I remember watching it in 04, 05. Uh, but it is, again, a remake of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Um, and it was also I, I always say it's written by James Gunn, so you know, really, really cool little. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, it's not, there. it's not streaming right now unless you have AMC Plus, which I'm sure not uh, a lot of people have AMC Plus. But there's a chance you might have it through yeah. if you're already like a cable subscriber. Maybe that's there. I don't know, but uh-huh. you could, uh, you could rent it for four bucks. It looks like. So. Yeah, it'll probably, it'll probably move to Netflix next month. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea to put all those together. <laughs> Probably put them there. And then um, I believe, um, uh, what was, uh, there's a, is there like a an anime, an anime show for this as well? They announced late last, <laughs> of course. last year. That's a classic Netflix of everything has an anime compendium. Yes. So um, apparently the anime will see the origin of Dave Batista's character and like his, his like how I, he apparently – he rescues mankind which he mentions kind of in the trailer a little bit like we rescued everybody kind of thing i don't know uh but the other show army of thieves follows the um the the character ludwig who i don't i don't even know who the actor is who's playing him but he's like mm-hmm. not that i was hoping army of thieves would be another dave batista led movie it's not it's it's somebody else so um we'll, we'll see about that apparently the army of thieves is also finished filming i didn't know this they finished filming in december so anyway uh, looks like they, yeah, we'll see what that movie looks like come May. Don't have to do anything else. Speaking of Zack Snyder, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. There were some interviews going around this week about other alternate titles for this, you know, from the writers. Like, I think Chris Terrio. Uh, like, oh, we wanted to, we, we're going to call Batman v Superman Son of Sun and Night of Night. And these are actually Sun, S-O-N, S-U-N, and then Night, K-N-I-T, and then Night is in nighttime. And I'm like... This is exactly why you don't let the writers name the movie. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, is this basically now kind of 
confirmation that Justice League originally was planned to be two movies. Uh, because it makes sense because the first one might be called Son of Sun, the Night of Night, and then, you know, well, it's like you have down here another one. Well, Justice League, this was the, the title they wanted to call Justice League when they were working on it at the time. Was mm-hmm. Justice League Foundations or Justice League Rising? <sighs> Foundations is such a bad name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I don't like either of these. They sound like Matrix spinoffs you don't want to watch, right? Like, <laughs> uh, Revolutions and, and uh, was it Rev- is it Revolutions? and what's, uh, I, reloaded uh I, I love also how it just totally shows you how quick that this whole universe was trying to catch up to what the mcu is doing by just calling it like oh well it's a justice league movie but technically they aren't all together yet so it's, they're not quite the justice league yet so we should we should probably call it justice league rising it's just like oh well when marvel was making their movies they just made those movies before they put the avengers they never had to do an avengers rising yeah. because they they went ahead and they made all the other movies and then Avengers was them first <laughs> and then Avengers was them getting together kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, they even, I believe they even they only name drop the Avengers and like an end credit scene early on, like maybe Iron Man two or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the writers. I mean, Chris Terrio, uh, Zack Snyder, they look like they had some, some bold ideas, but God, I mean, I'll take Dawn of justice over son of sun and night of night any day <laughs> of the week. So, uh, uh, speaking of uh, the DC movies, Batman stuff, uh, the Gotham show uh, is going is according to the the, the director of um, the Batman is going to be a James Gordon show instead of uh, what we call Gotham Central. Or so Gotham it PD. sounds <laughs> like what Fox was airing for what like five five or six seasons. How long did that Gotham show go for? Ooh, and it, yeah, and I think it was that was what it was. It was a James Gordon show. So I guess they're just like. Let's make it again, but with more money and connect it to a movie universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, five seasons. Yeah, you're right. Five seasons, hundred episodes. The Gotham the TV show. Wow. Hey, they're syndicated. <laughs> yeah, just in time. Uh, if syndication was even a thing anymore, but no, they just stream it now, Mike. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think this is uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who's voicing the Watcher. Um, oh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he he's supposed to be. You know, he's playing James Gordon. The thing. I, I, they've not kind of clarified that this is a prequel or sequel again yet but i mean it sounds like it's going to be a show for him rather than actually like focusing on the police department dealing with batman being around i mean jeffrey wright seems at home at hbo so I, mm-hmm. everything sounds like it's a good idea here but you know it's just a whole nother thing of just like oh another batman show without batman great right exactly uh yeah we we care about gotham uh as a whole without batman we don't. We don't. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna cut that short. So, yeah. Gundam, the one we've been ta- waiting for, the one we talked so heavily at the top of the show. Uh, director Jordan Vacht Roberts, who uh, did Kong Skull Island, uh, one of his more recent mm-hmm. movies, will direct this live action film for Netflix. Um, there's hundreds of Gundam to choose from here. Like, let's be <laughs> honest here. There, there are dozens of shows, right? Um, yeah. My guess, guess is it, gonna be the original. Yeah, I guess it kind of just depends on where you want to start, what you want to adapt. Um, I'm, you know, I think a lot of our generation really connected to Gundam Wing, yeah. just because that was the first kind of Gundam show to really heavily play on Toonami, probably the first yeah. Gundam franchise to really make way here in the United States. Um, and and also, this, it had no history. It's not connected to the other shows, so you didn't have to watch like dozens of seasons or yeah. series to get there. And I'm sure that there's huge Gundam fans that will say the characters that are in all of these stories are very important to them. Yeah. But at the but at the same time, is these 
Gundam is almost a lot like Final Fantasy in a way of just like kind of every season, not every season, but kind of every little offshoot of Gundam is just like totally different characters, a totally different environment, a totally different origin of like what Gundams are and what they're there for. So they're constantly being reinvented and remade. And just the design of the Gundams just extrapolate, you know, all over the place. They, they get pointier, they get shinier, they're controlled different inside of the compact in the cockpit. So if you're really kind of connecting to the spirit of what Gundam is, uh, uh, Jordan Voigt Roberts here could make literally whatever he wants, you know, yep. because if you are just spinning up a brand new Gundam show right now, you would just create your own origin. You would create your own lore, and you would just do whatever you want with these big robots. So I, I, there's no specific reason why they would have to go with a show that, you know, an anime that already exists because, I mean, that's a big criticism already in Western Hollywood that, you know, we can't adapt anime to save our lives. So maybe just move forward with the idea, you know, of the big Gundam. I saw, I was looking this up that, uh, uh, what did I say earlier this week? Brian K. Vaughn is writing this movie? Yeah, I, or, think, he, I think he's part of the team with it or something like that. Yeah, yeah well, I was was looking it up because i was uh more familiar with him of writing you know very good comic books and i i looked in the past and it, you kind of have to decipher his imdb a little bit because it'll say he wrote something but really it's just uh this tv show property is just adapting some of his work but he did write for lost i believe at some point in time so he was sitting down writing screenplays for lost and now we're kind of jumping forward to now he's writing a feature for gundam so i i, I mean that's pretty cool i would like to see what brian k vaughn could do with a film script so mm -hmm. that might be really fun <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we talked about how much uh, we loved uh, Gundam. I mean, Mech, Big Mech's work. I mean, Pacific Rim, that first movie was yeah. great. You know, don't go Pacific Rim Uprising. You know, <laughs> go yeah. Pacific Rim 1. Mecha Godzilla. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mecha Godzilla. I mean, uh, uh, the first thing I think most people would say, like, oh, Jordan Roberts makes sense because he can direct something with scale because mm -hmm. uh, Kong was a big, uh, big old monkey. Uh, so. You know that could be working in his in his favor there. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see, Netflix we'll see how that goes. This is on Netflix. Hopefully they give him the budget to do it. Uh, you know I think I think Netflix movies can be good. They sometimes can be bad. Uh, I think mm -hmm. based on that. So hopefully that he's also just so you know he's the, he was the director we talked about uh, for the upcoming Metal Gear Solid movie. Um, oh yeah. So like he, you can definitely tell he has a a nerdy attraction to that i wonder where that metal gear solid project stands then right because is he going to be working on this concurrently is this is something he's going to be uh hopping on as soon as he's done with metal gear or is metal gear just like taking a really long time to get going because usually when netflix announces something they're not just like uh, they're not out there getting ahead of it really early like you know there's there's examples where netflix drops a trailer for a show that you didn't even know was happening and then it comes out two weeks later so we might be seeing this Gundam movie before we even see his uh, Metal Gear yeah, adaption. Yeah, I, mean, I just pulled up here because I was referring back to it. Sony, like, Deadline mentioned uh, Vok Roberts for um, Metal Gear in 2014. Um, <laughs> so, like, they've been working on this movie since 2014, 2015. So, who knows when Sony's going to get that done. Um, but they did say the draft of the script is complete in 2019. And uh, Oscar Isaac, remember, was cast as Solid Snake. So, they probably... We might do them pretty close together, film them back-to-back -back a little bit. Um, 
I, I think, uh, you know, just, you know, Gundam, Gundam's an interesting thing. If you, if you're like, oh, I'm going to dive into Gundam, it, it's not easy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to straight up tell you it's not easy. Um, because there's like, I remember, I played the, you ever played the, there was a video game, it was like side fighting. It was like Gundam fighting game or something like that. Like imagine Mortal Kombat, but Gundam's right. Not mm-hmm. nearly as good. So I didn't know who any of the original characters were in the, like the mobile suit Gundam, uh, like line from the eighties. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who Char Aznable is. Like, who the <laughs> hell are these characters? Um, but but I found out, you know, because I was like, this is I know Gundam Wing. Give me the give me the wing. Give me the Epion. Give me give me that kind of stuff. But apparently, yeah. there's like eight different timelines. So you just pick your timeline you want to stick in and just watch all the stuff from yeah. there. I mean, you could just be totally reductive and say pretty much every Gundam protagonist is just a just an anime boy, right? Yeah. That just you know wants to be a soldier, but he has emotional problems, and only you he know. can pilot the suit. Yeah, I think the hardest, I think the the single hardest thing to do with live action Gundam, which is something you don't really have to broach too much in an animated world, just because you know your your suspension of disbelief is already kind of a little bit more flexible when you're watching something animated. But in a real grounded live action world, you have to explain why big robots have mm-hmm. to exist to be begin with. In Pacific Rim Uprising, it made sense because they had to fight these adversaries that were coming from another dimension. They were big monsters and they were shooting nukes and all types of projectiles on them and it just wasn't doing anything so they're just like we have to grapple with these monsters now you could sit down and be a physicist and be like well if a nuke's not blowing these things up you know uh you know a robot fist isn't really going to do anything but at least they offered some sort of explanation right you know so you're gonna have to kind of come up with that explanation of just like there's no monsters in gundam or at least i think in the majority of the gundam universes there's no sort of big monsters that they ever fight it's just humans versus humans yeah so So it's just like in our world the escalation of the arms race is nuclear weapons you just keep building and building more and more and more and you just threaten them with each other um, at some point in time, if a, a country just built a giant robot to attack you, wouldn't you just shoot a big missile mm-hmm. at it? Like, and then it would be done and yeah. over with. So they'll have well, to kind of find a way to suspend the, their disbelief there. I believe if you watch the original, it's, um, the Gundams, like there's only a, f- a, a few Gundams made, right? Like everyone has like, what their own little mech suits, uh, that you see, like the, you know, the, essentially the, the, the nobodies, the, the little the people get wiped out by the Gundams. Like, I think of this, like, what, Gundanium alloy is, like, very rare. So that's why they can't make a lot of them. Like, yeah, I, I do kind of remember yeah, like, like, Gundanium being a word. Yeah, they're like, oh, the, and that could only be wing. Again, someone's probably yelling at me. Um, yo, I was, but then at the same time, you just build a missile with Gundanium alloy at right. the end of it, right? And you just shoot it at the big yeah. robot. And, and that's <laughs> fine. But I think also the thing was, like, this was, like, space war. They were like, okay... Mm-hmm. This is humans versus humans. So, like, I think there's, like, all Gundam shows are about the the consequences of war, um, uh, but with big robots. So Now, I, that could be an interesting idea because I think in some of the earlier Gundam shows, space isn't much of a play. But in the Gundam Wing one, it was big space. It was about, like, the space colony versus Earth, these people that live in orbit that have just a totally different way of life than the people down on the planet. Now, I could kind of imagine a future... Uh, of our own world where maybe mech robots are a thing right in space maybe you kind of need like a a human analog that's giant floating around in space to maybe work on and construction maybe build space stations Mm -hmm. and maybe some sort of weaponized robot comes out of that i don't know this is going to be a problem that not not necessarily roberts has to solve this is a problem that maybe brian k vaughn has to solve which he could i mean uh i i was reading his uh his uh issues of saga for a while i've kind of fell off but you know he he has a he has a very creative mind 
mind. So if anyone can solve that problem, I think he could figure well, it out. I, th- I think one of the other things they could do, since it's Netflix, make their own series, right? This movie is our telling of Gundam, right? And then also create an anime to tie into it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like literally like, oh, hey, we've actually made Gundam movie. This movie's – we didn't base it on anything except our own you know, new Gundam world, and now we're making anime based on our movie kind of thing. Um, reverse reverse it. Like, you know, how they would normally create a live action. Like what, like what they're with Cowboy Bebop over there on Netflix, right? Like, we're creating a live action version of the popular anime. Well, this, we have too many Gundams to choose from. Let's pick what works and then make an anime from there. So, I'm excited. We get an I'm action figure out of it. <laughs> it you know, we like will. We're, we're going to get some toys. I, that, that Bandai, you know, booth was so huge at, um, you know, uh, at, at Comic Con, right? Like, you remember all those models there? People were line buying them for hundreds of dollars, if not more. So, mm-hmm. love it. Awesome. Indiana Jones Five. They are still threatening us with this, Mike. Uh, <laughs> after after the the Kingdom of the or was that is it the Crystal Skull? It's not Kingdom, mm-hmm. is it? Maybe. I don't know if it's just called Crystal Skull or Indiana if there's Jones a couple and... more words before that. Yeah. Either way, that's how much we remember it because we remember the <laughs> title. Um, they've added uh, actor Mads Mikkelsen to the cast. Uh, you know, we remember. <sighs> Love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, he, uh, he he he's a spooky. I mean, it's hard to imagine him being a good guy in anything that he's cast in. Uh, Rogue One. Uh, yeah, but he kind of was. He did have like a bad side to him. Yeah. Though, because he went to go work for the Empire, so he he the best yeah. he can do is like a neutral gray area, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in that um, new movie with uh, Tom Holland and uh, the chick from uh, Star Wars, where like the men's minds can be read or whatever. Oh like, God, I, Chaos I know Walking. That, I know that movie has had like a crazy uh, production history on it. So yeah, who knows he, if that's going to be any good? Yeah, and he, he's also in another movie though recently, where his comedy where he's like, he's in his old age and he's like, uh, he's like uh, to do, like he does an experiment where he just gets drunk all day. Like, like he tries to like <laughs> nope. stay concentrated drunk. It's like working and like going through life drunk. It's really, it's apparently very big and, and uh, Sound, the sounds like regions. an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was like a, like he was doing it as an experiment kind of thing. Like the, the actor yeah. or the, the character, but they also added a, a Phoebe Waller bridge to Indiana yeah. Jones five, who was, uh, who's most well known for winning literally every Emmy like the other year for her show Fleabag, which is a really great show. So I don't know what aspect you add her to the movie. Like I, I is it Indiana Jones' as, daughter? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, as much as we like her in our household, it's hard to imagine her as an action, you know, star in any way. You know, because I keep thinking everything about Indiana Jones Five to me is either you kill the franchise from here, you never make another one, or you hand over the mantle. Right? That just mm. seems like a thing that Disney would want to do. Right? You don't kill a they, franchise. They not tried. With the money they're trying to print. They they tried to with Mutt in the last one. Remember? Yeah. That? Well, they'll they'll try. They'll threaten. I, to, I they'll think, threaten with us again. I think end it here and reboot the goddamn thing because he's been fighting Nazis for. 40 years right i mean really a good strategy seems like you know you do end the franchise you kind of do a a logan-esque send-off for um indiana jones and um harrison ford i mean you don't have to kill him you don't have to bury him in the woods with rocks on the top of him in an unmarked grave like logan but you know you end the franchise and then you wait 
maybe like four years. They, they would probably only wait two and a half to announce something, though. And then you just do a Disney Plus, like, premium Indiana Jones series where he's like a teenager, right? Where he's just learning the ropes. And then that's kind of where you start things off again. Because that, you know, they have adapted younger Indiana Jones, but not in any sort of, like, real serious way. So people would be less, you know, quote-unquote butthurt if they went back to a younger Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think well, also you can modernize. I mean, I think the first ones are great. Don't you don't need to change him? You can re, you can start it over again. But like you know, he was again literally fighting Nazis, right? Like, um, like or they take place. Chris, the we 50s. need more Nazi fight. We can't we can't start laxing on the Nazi fighting content. We yeah, need more of yeah, it. Yeah, but we so, modern Nazis. We're fighting modern Nazis. Well, maybe. I guess that is kind of the uh, <laughs> the depressing part about it, right? Yeah, you can, yeah. You can put him in any decade. There's well, always a Nazi to fight. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, just to add to Phoebe Waller Bridge. She is the voice of K two S O or not no not K two S O L three three seven in Solo, the robot. Um, the, oh, I totally forgot that. Yes. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, so two Star Wars on there. And then she's also actually uh, worked on the upcoming James Bond screenplay, No Time to Die, which has actually had plenty of time to die. Uh, <laughs> come to find out. I've delayed it so much. Uh, July 29th, 2023 release. So they got to start filming this movie soon, Mike. Um, get the, if, if they don't, Harrison Ford's going to kill himself either through an airplane <laughs> oh, crash or. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Accidentally. Okay. Yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not like that. Like he, he, or, uh, you know, it, you know, maybe one of his little earrings will get caught in a magnet or something. And it's like Papa Ford just bought a yeah. helicopter. He wants to learn how to fly it. Like, oh god. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Last uh, bit of part of the news, we we had the uh, you know what we're watching the Falcon Winter Soldier episode five, the penultimate episode, if you yeah. will, here. Second to last. Second to last. I think um, uh, you know, kicked off again. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you're listening now, this is your own fault. Uh, I mean, I I. I'm happy it literally picked up where the last one ended because I'm like, I hope they don't do like some sort of time jump, uh, like, and then like figure it out. But like, I'm glad they kicked, they, they went right into the, 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 the fight scene in the, uh, the warehouse there around mm-hmm. the corner. Um, I, I, I am, I will say the only thing I wanted more was I wanted to see the winter soldier side of Bucky come out more because I remember how awesome the fight scenes in the winter soldier were. Um, like where he literally punched the shield Steve had, right? Like mm-hmm. in that, in the street, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I want that fight scene back. But overall, I'm glad they broke his arm. I think that was a pretty, pretty big thing. I was hoping they'd finish him off there, but they didn't. Um, any thoughts on that fight scene at the, at the end there at the start? I mean, that's how they kick yeah. the whole show off. I mean, I mean, just in in general, I feel like this episode was a little bit more positive for me. You know, if you've been listening week to week, I've been uh, Debbie Downer about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, at least this episode brought a little bit more range into uh, the characters of the show. You know, we get to see we get to see more sides of each character. Mm-hmm. Um, watching them uh struggling over the shield in the kind of this first scene uh i think probably the maybe the biggest takeaway is that it seems like bucky just like straight up does not want this shield because once they kind of vanquish the new captain america uh john uh bucky very much just drops the shield right on uh, yeah. sam's uh foot yeah i and i think you know the other thing i think is going to pay off in this last episode is they haven't explicitly said john took the soldier serum yet um, I think that they're going to either say that he did in the next episode or it's going to be something to do with the power broker who will probably get revealed in the next one. Like, Hey, you know, we want to enhance your already strength or something like that. I think that cause he was able to keep up pretty well. Um, and like, like, yeah, he took it, but they didn't show us, they didn't tell us that yet. So like, why are they holding back on that? so far i think it's just because in the episode before this episode four they they telegraphed it so 
than yeah. eloquently. Like they just like everyone was basically just like, oh, are you going to take it? Oh, yeah. I would take it if I had it. Oh, we're going to literally yeah. show you. And then he just even like they ham fistedly have him say like they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. when He's like bending over, like trying to like catch his breath. And it's just like, OK, it's obvious to me that he has he, taken the serum because it wasn't very it, it, it wasn't very well crafted. The other thing is, you know, maybe he has been given some by the power broker that reveal that like he's already been enhanced and he's keeping that vial as leverage to give back to the power broker. Like, look, I saved your formula kind of thing. Like I, I there's yeah. something there's something going on here and Maybe. I think we'll I we'll get it in the next episode. But I, I think I think overall I think one of the the things that I don't like what this show is doing specifically is with the super zero with the superheroes uh, um, serum, if you will, because uh, I, I like that previously through the MCU, this serum was so difficult to get a hold of and so difficult to get right. You know, if you were lucky enough not to die from it, you basically ended up just going crazy or being a villain or no one could control you. So they literally had to freeze you in a tube because they didn't know how to fix you. Um, you know, it, we see Steve Rogers get it. They had the sh- they had the shutdown, the, all the electric grid for Brooklyn just to get it to work. And th- that's why it's it's so important that just one little vial, if mm-hmm. it gets stolen, who knows what could happen to it? And they got to chase it down. You have to move heaven, heaven and earth just to stop one vial. And in this show, just kind of with just one line of exposition from a scientist that ends up ultimately dying at the end of the scene and we're never going to see again anyway, just says like, oh, yeah, we can just make more of it now. They kind of explained it. I don't even really remember what the explanation was, but he's just like, oh, I modernized it. It's better now. Yeah. Now anyone can take it and they don't even get buff when they take it. So it's just kind of like they've kind of taken all of the impact of the serum existing away. Right. Because it's like when John took the serum, I was just kind of like, okay, he took it. I mean, there's like five other people literally in the show right now running around with the serum. So when I look at John and he has these powers, I don't think he's special in any way. I mean, he's almost just as deranged as maybe some of these other people are that have it, you know, like, so the impact just isn't there. And when there was just one vial left and he took it, I also didn't care either because I was like, the show has already showed us that all you have to do is just track down another mad scientist and they can just make more of it. So I just feel like the impact of the super of the superhero or, or the super soldier is just kind of done. Like the cat's out of the bag, but it not in a particularly interesting way. I, it just seems like any time one could just pop up and they just got to go vanquish it, I guess. I, I'm still, I mean, I, this is a big assumption that he took it. I'm still going to say that he's not taking it until they show us. I, I'm just going to lean the other way. I mean, how it, I mean, how would you expect Explain all of the super stuff he's done so far it, since when he's supposed to taken it. There is probably some. I mean, again, the, this is going to tie into the Isaiah Bradley thing. Maybe the government already enhanced him in some way. I uh, mean, maybe in a more eloquently crafted show, I could see them pulling yeah. off like a fake like that. But I just don't see what the what the reward I, in episode six would be of just like, oh, you were powerful all along. Or, well, you know. the, I think we're going to see. I, the, there's still something left. I, I'm not going to assume he took it yet. I mean, I think. It's probably safe to say he did, but I'm I'm not I'm just gonna hold out until the end of it because you know like how everyone on on on, on Wandavision was you know 100 percent sure that mutants were crossing over. I'm not gonna say anything until the end of this one either. But um, yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me is uh one of my favorite shows is Seinfeld, and we actually got to see Julie Louis Dreyfus actually in this. Oh yeah, that that was surprising. We were told <laughs> this episode we were gonna get kind of get this brand new kind of uh 
top tier Marvel character, and yeah. I wasn't familiar with who the character was. Yes, uh, personally myself. <laughs> Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, uh, the the De La Torre d'Otrive. That just makes <laughs> me think of King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, the longest name ever. So. In the comic books, her story is she is a loyal S.H.I.E.L.D. ally to Nick Fury, right? Uh, comic book Nick Fury forever. And then come to find out later, she was just a Russian sleeper agent kind of thing who got activated. And she became part of a super group called Leviathan. Leviathan is one of the um, one of my favorite villain groups. It's in the book called Secret Warriors where there's like um, four or five people, like like a, like a, I guess a cabal of like evil leaders who are there. They are kind of Hydra based, but like they kind of split off from Hydra. So I think she is possibly maybe building the Thunderbolts. Maybe she, they're building an evil villain team to kind of come together um, with this. I, I she gave him a blank card, which is interesting. I don't know what the black and white card does yet, but she has a very rich history in um, you know the spy world of the Marvel comic books and uh, uh, Leviathan, which you know with. Hydra kind of being out of the picture has been for, you know, seven actual years, however many Marvel years it is. I think, you know, um, that'd be a, a suitable replacement uh, for a villain group in, in, the, in the MCU. I mean, I mean, they're definitely putting consideration into it if they're hiring somebody like Julie Louis-Dreyfus because she's a she's a heavy hitter. I mean, uh, if we were talking about Phoebe Waller-Bridge winning all of those Emmys for Fleabag – before all of those Emmys were going to Veep, yeah. which was a show that uh, she was historically in for a really, really long time, you know, and also, I mean, I, I don't know if this really even necessarily matters because it hasn't stopped her from acting before, but she's from an incredibly rich lineage uh, family. Yeah. So this is the type of person that doesn't have to take a project if they don't want to take it. You know, we always talk about like, oh, actors like being really happy to get this Marvel money. Like she had that she had that money before, like, you know, Disney ever bought them to begin with. So it is interesting. If she wants to be in it, she must mm -hmm. really like the role. Uh, I spotted she had a little bit of purple hair, right? Yes, uh, that, that's part of yeah. the character's uh, thing. Yeah. I, I figured I was like she's she's got to be somebody special because they don't just introduce a character in the MCU with like a little bit of colored hair if, if it's not supposed to be there. So, so yeah, I'm I'm a little curious where this goes. Do you want to know a fun fact about this? Sure, why not? Okay, this her introduction here is the first casualty of everything being rearranged due to COVID. Oh, why is that? Is she, uh, oh, is she? Do you think she's supposed to be in Black Widow? I she either is supposed to be or was. I don't know if they'll take her out. I don't know if they'll even put her in. Um, but this character's name, not the actress, was very, very like we're like, oh, we have her in the script. We have her. She will be in the movie, kind of, or in the movie oh. kind of thing. Um, so when they said the name, I'm like, she's not supposed to be here yet. Uh, this isn't what I. So I don't know if she'll be in Black Widow. But and, if they uh, do, well, that'll be great. <laughs> I mean, this could lead credence to the fact why they put WandaVision out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, possibly, because, oh, you know, if things still go well, maybe we can get Black Widow out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. You know, I would imagine if she is supposed to originally premiere in Black Widow, um, it, it the seems impact like would have been bigger. Yeah, it seems like there's no reason not to keep her in Black Widow, yeah. uh, right? Because it doesn't like spoil Black Widow in in any way, right? Right. So I could I could see her still being in that. Um, one thing that uh, a, a fan of the show, uh, uh, Chris, 
he sent me uh, some of these kind of like breakdown videos for Falcon and the so, Winter Soldier. And, and usually I'm not a big fan of uh, video essays because I think a lot of people who analyze this stuff go a little too deep. But there was something that did stand out to me where uh, that there could be a possible cut storyline from Falcon and the Winter Soldier so, <laughs> that deals with a virus in some way, which usually you know I, I wouldn't think too much about that stuff but it would make a little bit of a sense because a big complaint that I had I think in like episode one or two was these uh, flag smashers steal a bunch of vaccines and we don't know what the hell they're for we never th- there's never a follow-up we never see what they're well, what happens to them so all these people maybe. are dying for no reason right like whenever she like the the was it the Danya character um died right that's where they yeah, found her like the, the why, why in the veil but there was a, a there was a dozen people in sick beds dozens mm-hmm. so like i i i'd heard about this um like when they were filming like oh there's like an actual virus and i thought you know when they were doing that the virus was causing people to get powers not killing them kind of thing like um or it, it was related together so i think you know I agree. Like, you know, this is probably delayed to recut some of this and refilm some of this. Uh, and I'm really curious. And I'm curious if that would explain why that they're refugees to begin with. Because one thing that's really confusing in this in this story that they're building is that when everybody came back from the blip, they came back exactly where they vaporized from. Right. Like mm-hmm. we saw in WandaVision, they they reconstituted themselves right inside like the hospital, like where they were before so it's not like they're 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 being moved around being put back where they're not supposed to be so when they're saying all these refugees are displaced that means that they came back and then then somebody decided to move them so it's like well why did all these people get moved you know Mm -hmm. i suppose if somebody comes back from being dusted and somebody bought their house and now somebody's living there you might be displaced but i feel like you wouldn't be moved to a totally different country like you would still be like in the same neighborhood at least you know i'm supposed there could be outlier stories where some people get really screwed and they have to move like all around the planet but they're talking about this on a mass scale like these huge yeah. groups of people are getting dislocated and put into camps but no one's explaining it to you at all so but I also I do feel like if the narrative was supposed to follow around like a blip virus that like was specifically affecting people that are being blipped, that seems like too big, oh, and that, too that... consequential to remove from the script. Like that would just totally destroy your story. So it just seemed like we're like, well, we kind of have this virus subplot that we could probably take out. You know, it might affect the story a little bit. But I feel like if it was supposed to be a much bigger thing, it would it would it would literally affect everything, and they would have no choice except to to leave it. I, I think it is affecting the motivations for the Flag Smashers, right? Like, we, we're like, why are they doing this, right? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's – I don't – I didn't – I've never heard – I mean, I knew about the virus storyline, you know, when they were doing this year and a half ago, two years ago. But, like, it, I, I never heard it was affecting the, the people who were just blipped. That was new. Um, but I, I – because I think that it, it that doesn't make any sense because the Mama Danya character or whatever, she uh, she wasn't blipped. She was there the whole time. So that wouldn't make any sense. But I think uh, there's uh, whenever we get to watch the making of, I want to see if they acknowledge that point of this show, right? Yeah. Like what's yeah, going on? Why, be, why is it, why are people everywhere, you know, dying it, and what's going it on? It would be, it would be interesting because uh, the, the single worst part of this, sh- of this show to me is the flag smashers. They just have, they seem to have like no motivation or it's just very vague. Is, are they mad at corporations? Are they mad at States? It just kind of seems to uh, uh, boomerang back and forth. And it, there's just nothing clear going on there. Now yeah. I am very curious uh, uh, what is in the suitcase for Sam, 
Uh, I thought it was maybe going to be just a pair of like vibranium wings, but then my wife said like, "Oh, maybe it's an entire suit." I was yeah. like, "Oh, well, that'd be kind of cool. I'd love to." You know, we know me. I love suit reveals, and you know, this isn't the CW, so they're not going to spoil it for me on a social media promo image. So I'm going to have to wait until Friday to see what this thing. Yeah, is. I, I I'm pretty sure it's the suit. I'm pretty sure um, Bucky would be like, get, "Can I get a Captain America thing kind of kind of suit made for him?" Um, and it'll probably be with vibrating wings this time that, that can't be like pulled apart kind of thing. Um, I'm excited to see, I, I've, I know that I've, I've avoided these. Thankfully there are action figures, um, of, of, uh, different suited versions. I don't know if they're like toys or if they're actually like from the show. Cause you know how the toys, they'll like, they'll like, Oh, with, you know, rocket firing backpacks. And like, he didn't have a rocket firing backpack. He's captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? So I don't know if, if like there will be more suits or not, but I'd love to see them like, you know, even Bucky get a, an upgraded suit as well. I, I think maybe in a more sophisticated show, this wouldn't bother me so much, but I am trying to think what favor does Wakanda owe Bucky at this point in time? If I look at the relationship between Wakanda or AO and Bucky, they have done nothing but things for Bucky. And it seems like he's just been kind of uh sponging off of them. So when he said he needed a favor, I was just like, well, you're the one that busted out Zemo, and just because you're fixing your mistake doesn't mean you get a favor from them. And they helped reprogram you, and they mm. gave you a, a badass arm. Like, I don't understand, like, why you get a favor out of it. But I suppose maybe if they knew it was for Sam, maybe they would yeah. be more into it. But well, at the same time, like, Sam is kind of a, a puppet a little bit of the U.S. government, and, you know, Wakanda is just kind of like its own country so i don't know like like i was saying if i was a little bit more uh vibing with this show i would i would look over this little thing and i would just be looking forward to the suit but now i'm just kind of like maybe they just shouldn't be handing out vibranium stuff to any more people because it's not going super well well i mean my my guess is again he was there for two years who knows what else he did along the way while he was there they they could easily come back they could show that i mean there's upcoming you know wakanda show um there's the black black uh panther too like he was there for at least at least two years. Um, do you do you think it's going to be wings that look like Bucky's arms, or do you think that they everybody except Sam knew well before he started training with that shield that he should be the next Captain America, and maybe there's going to be something red, white, and blue inside of that I, case? I feel like, it'll if anything it'll it'll do the comic book uh, look, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 Sam Wilson Captain America comic book look, which is mostly white. Uh, with mm-hmm. with like a, a so like a white suit and like a, a blue star in the middle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be mostly white. Is my guess. Knock on wood. Um, because they tend they tend to adapt the comic or the comic book suit pretty well for some of these, especially for that one. Now I I did say, um, they they did a very very good job with the uh, uh montages in this episode. The boat had a montage, <laughs> and then um, Falcon the tra- had a montage. The the training montage. I mean, it was. I don't know. It, it, like, I all love of a it. sudden he can do these like misty flips and stuff now. It's just like, okay, I believe that you're really good at flying with this suit, but now all of a sudden that you can do like black flips, back flips out the wazoo. I, I mean, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it really hit home for me because they use the same song, um, the same uh, musical score from the actual Winter Soldier movie when um, Steve's like, uh, I think he, it's at the beginning when he's running with Sam and then he like goes oh, and, and goes left. to the ship. But yeah, but the, like the next song like when he's like actually being like a badass on the ship that's the same musical score kind of like from that movie kind of thing so i feel i feel like for a normal person without superpowers 
to really harness the power of this shield that we have seen cause mass destruction. Like we we've seen Thor's hammer hit it and like level an entire force. Like this is like this is like no toy for sure. Uh, I feel like for somebody who with normal human abilities to really grasp what this thing can do, I feel like I need a montage that lasts more than like a weekend or a couple of weeks. I feel like it's almost like you need to get the shield. The season's over. We come back in the next season or whenever the next time you see this character and he's just like, I've been living with this shield in the jungle for four years. and I finally know how to use it because I'm a normal human being. So that's something that I feel like I need a little bit more of. So, you know, I guess if the show just needs to have him learn it in a weekend or a week or so with like a running montage, you know, I, I guess fine. It's, or whatever. Well, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a comic book movie world. Like we don't need him to be in a jungle for four years. Even Spider-Man says that shield does not obey the laws of physics in civil war when he's fighting. He's like, what is this? Kind of thing. I know the the only other caveat is like you know it is made out of vibranium so theoretically it's so strong and you know it could have all of these properties that you know a normal human could possibly wield it. Yeah, it's like the shield's kind of doing a thing. At least they had, didn't add any like tech to the shield. Like that's all I, I like. I'm like when they rebuilt it, I'm like at least they didn't add any tech thing. Like it doesn't well, have like we, a, a an LCD we do, screen. <laughs> we do get to see a shield being built. Yes. At the in the first the, uh first credit scene. Yeah, so there's a credit show. scene and. Um, ain't no way his, his ghetto shield is going to last in, in this <laughs> battle. That's what I was thinking too. I was just like, he's just like putting it together with just like, it looks like normal tools and stuff. I feel like, you know, John, if you want to like go toe to toe with like a real shield, like, like, first of all, don't just make it yourself. Like, I know you got a couple purple hearts, but it doesn't mean that you're like a silversmith, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe you should call Ju Julia Louis Dreyfus up on the phone and be like, can you, I don't know, can your organization put a, together a shield for me? I know you probably don't have vibranium, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, we just had a whole bunch of like aliens fight in, in the crater of the Avengers, like, campus. You know, maybe go find some like alien metal and like make me a shield or something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So he's, he's, I mean, essentially, it was a really, um, like, it was sad more than anything because I'm like, oh, this guy thinks he's Tony Stark, like building a uh, his shield with a box of scraps in a cave kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, well, he. I hope he gets his, his due diligence the, of this. But the it, shield, the shield seems to be identical in look. I was kind of hoping if he was kind of forging his own path, well, maybe he would make that, a slightly different looking shield. Well, that's the thing I'm thinking. Like, is I mean, is it gonna have like maybe blades on the edge? Like, is there gonna be more to this shield <laughs> than we know? Like, is he sharpening down the edge to like actually be like more like a knife than a shield? I was. I mean, uh, I was hoping he would kind of maybe go with more of his kind of like black and red kind mm -hmm. of color style that yeah. you kind of see in some of the U.S. agent comics. But yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more hyped for this very last episode just because I want to see what's in that briefcase. But, you know, what's in the box? I, I, uh, yeah, I think overall this show isn't quite popping off uh. for me, like I, I said last week. But, you know. Everyone, I, not everybody can be perfect. You know, I, I'm okay with it now. Like on the episode four, I took notes. I did not take any notes for episode five. I just let it wash, washed over me and I'll be like, it'll be done in another week. And then I can just wait for Loki. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to see where the, the, who the power broker is and how they play into this long-term, right? Kind of thing. Um, yeah, I was kind of hooking into this whole Justin Hammer conspiracy. I was like, are we going to see Hammer pop yeah. up? That'd be kind of fun to see him pop up again. But that's the thing. Even in a show that you're not really liking in the MCU, or maybe even if there's an MCU movie that you don't quite jive with, 
a character can be introduced and move on to another property that you might really, really like. I mean, yeah. look at the Thor movies. They, the Thor movies invented a ton of characters that have moved on to do a lot of great stuff that we really like. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll just yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what the big reveals are uh, next week and, wh- and where wh- where this sets up the universe, right? Like, I think, you know, um, you know, Don Cheadle was in the first episode. Maybe he filmed some scenes for this last oh, one. I forgot Don Cheadle was in this, yeah. Uh, who the power broker is, you know um, – Will this tie in anything else coming up? That's that's the question because you know that was a big Feige thing. Like you know, the end of WandaVision set Wanda off on a scale. You know, she will be in Doctor Strange right next. Uh, so where do these characters get to go? Like, what's what's their movie? Where are we going to see them at? So I'm excited to see if, if maybe maybe they put Bucky back in Wakanda kind of thing. Like, hey, you know, uh, come come do some more stuff for us, or you know, um, uh, how how uh, if they if they well, even make Sam the official Captain America of the government, or if he's just doing his own thing. Well, I feel like even I think Ao in the last scene that she was in might have said like keep your space from Wakanda, um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Zemo's supposed to be dropped off at the raft. Yeah. I don't know exactly why he has to go there. I would have assumed he would have gone to an Wakandan prison for his crimes, but well, Waka- guess, uh, Wakanda <laughs> opened up their borders, um, so they don't have to like go back and kill him there. Thankfully, so um, yeah, I think. Do you think my question before next week's episode, last one before we wrap this up, will John Walker survive this episode? I mean, that's a good question. I really like Russell Wyatt as an actor. Uh, I'm not particularly, you know, engaged with the character as much as I'd want to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to go to all of this effort, right, of putting somebody in the mantle, stripping them from it, giving them these superpowers, kind of giving them all of this uh, plot, you know, it seems like you would kind of keep him around, right? Like, yeah. And also, if he was to die, it would have to be, like, at his own hands. Like, Sam's not going to kill him, especially well, if he's supposed to kind of be yeah. the new Captain America or the just the new symbol well, I mean, kind the, of for the, peace in the world. The girl could kill him was like yeah 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 yeah. it's got it's gonna it's gonna come from somebody else yeah so you you think he'll die yeah i i think it's a coin flip honestly Uh it could go either way um if i mean if he can continues on i mean maybe he's gonna be like a thunderbolt right well i I think the only reason i say he will live is he got a card from valentina right dave Mm. she wouldn't give him a card if he was gonna die that's true. Like you wouldn't, yeah. Uh, give me a call, even though you're gonna. We're sitting yeah, up. We're gonna. We're, we'll contact you. Oh, you're dead. Never mind. Uh, so I don't think they'd set that up if he was gonna die off. So I think that's like the the little bit of foreshadowing we get for his thing. Maybe he goes to the raft as well. Um, you know that would be maybe the ending is showing him in a, you know across the the cells from uh, uh, Zemo. I, yeah, maybe we could get a proper prison break because we yeah. didn't get one earlier with Zemo. Man, Earth's Mightiest <laughs> Heroes, that first episode, prison break, right? Like that's. I, I didn't say it in the Quarren stream, but we finished uh, watching the uh, the Austin Powers movies, uh, and in Goldmember, and in Goldmember, the third one, uh, uh, Doctor Evil and Minnie Me are in jail, and they go up to I think Ving Rhames was like in was one of the prisoners in the movie, and Ving Rhames is, says, "So you want us to cause a distraction, so you can escape." Um, from prison and he's like yeah pretty much like that and I was like oh yeah that was Zemo's plan he took yeah. it from Austin Powers 3 yeah. so um, <laughs> you can watch those on HBO Max yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah yeah I'm sure right from that movie so alright uh, I think that's it anything else wrap it up uh, I, I, 
think that's a i think that's another week of the slate all right so mike people know what you're up to what you're doing where can they find you at they can find me at mike royer design on instagram twitter and tiktok chris if people want to catch up with you where can they find you uh find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n orange game valdan 87 um catch me there people know more about the show more about the stuff we do where can they find us at Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. Head on over there to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out Christian Bale's bald head that, you Mm -hmm. know, we went all and on about his cargo shorts, you're only going to get that link at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and the gram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We love it when you reach out. We love it when you send us helpful links. I never would have known about this virus subplot if uh, if fans of the show chris didn't send over uh that little explainer to me so uh love the hints love the tips love it when people reach out uh, i will keep watching smallville come back every week for an update because we are cranking through these episodes like crazy uh no flights and no tights that was the that was the uh, apparently the tagline that the showrunner pitched for mm-hmm. uh for the show so i'm not expecting him i know he doesn't fly I, I i think maybe he flies in the last episode i don't know like i said i don't know what happens stay tuned and he's got his heat vision that mm-hmm. happens in season two that's pretty cool so um stay tuned if you want to keep updated on my smallville Sim- simple things for my to keep him entertained yeah. But uh, we love our fans of the show. We love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. But that's foreshadowing. For in two weeks, I'm not going to be here because I'm moving to a new place. So we might have we might have some uh, we might have some interruptions in oh, the feed. But we'll, we'll you let know, you know, how you know that goes. I've got I've told Mike this. I got to fix my computer. That'd be a good weekend for us to just yeah, do everything. Be, I mean, it's not quite summer. That might be Superhero Slate uh, spring yeah. break. So yeah. Uh, that might be after episode 322. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, you'll you'll hear us next week, folks. Yeah. Don't worry. Cool. All right. That it. We good. We'll see All you right. next week. Yeah, we good. All we right. Good. See you next week. See you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. To the moon, I'll say, like everybody else on the on the internet is saying about Dogecoin. Make me rich.